Coming together again, Lord, to bless your name, to give you reverence. This is what we're made to do. This is what we're designed to do, O oh Lord. Thank you for allowing us to come. Thank you for giving the gift of your presence, the gift of your spirit every time. Every time we desire you, you stretch out your hands, you run towards us, you embrace us. Thank you, our Lord. We worship you. Thank you for the season upon the earth. Thank you for this time upon the earth. Thank you for this time of great visitation, time of great mercy and great blessing. Thank you, Lord, for time of great change, time, Lord, of great encounter. Thank you, Father, for seasons of great visitation upon the earth. Thank you, our Father. We glorify your name. We thank you, Jesus. Bless you, our high priest, high priest of good things to come. We honor you this evening. We bless your name this evening. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the written word. Thank you for preparing the table before your people. Thank you for your commitment to feed us, your commitment to lead us, your commitment to supply our needs and to nourish us and cause us to flourish. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your competence as a shepherd, not letting your flock go hungry without food. Thank you for releasing of your spirit the waters and even the wine of the spirit which we have been drinking and which has made us so blessed. Thank you, our Lord. We thank you tonight. Thank you for your presence here. Lord, we ask for the same spirit of leading, the same spirit of guidance, the same spirit that charts the courts in the spirit, that finds the way in the spirit, the pathfinder into the things of God, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Father, which he shares with his son, that Holy Spirit of truth. We ask, Father, that by that spirit you bring insight, revelation, you bring counsel to your people this evening. Lord, I pray for every heart. Let it be open to receive the word. Let it be open to be blessed. Let it be open, Lord, to enjoy communion and fellowship with you. Thank you, our Father. We ask for leading in your word. We ask that you open up the right waters, open the right fountain for us, Thank you for the ability, Lord, which you give to minister your word this evening. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening, everybody. God bless you. Let's all try to settle down now. Amen.
Amen. Um, I want to greet everybody, um, those of us who are here, of course, and those of us who are joining us online. Amen. You're welcome um, to Life Feast again. Um, we trust that you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Um, thank you, Father. Praise God. So we, we have we have been following the the um, praise God praise the Lord Amen. Amen. We've been following by God's grace the, the ministration um, that we've been receiving from Lagos EGFM, and how many of us have been blessed with that? I believe we've all been blessed. Praise God. I've not found one person yet that hasn't been blessed. I'm still looking for that one person. So I thank God that. The Lord has used that channel to bless us on different, uh, at our different levels. Mm. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And um, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord that there will be a lot of um, fleshing out of uh, the things that the Lord has been saying. Because the work of the Lord on the earth is one corporate work. And he will continue to, to do it as we key in. Praise God. Um, Father, we thank you. We, we bless your holy name. We give you glory. 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 Oh, thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Makaras. Ekrenenos. Ekrenehinos. Ekrenehinos. Ekrenehoste. Oh, I am alone. Alvaradoste. Omen Hadador, Aradamai, Kabaradaha, Kabradaha, Hebradaha, Emanoharados, Ephranana Dos, Afrahana Dos, Epremahana Dos, Ephranafana Dos. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. For I'm opening doors to you, say the Lord. I'm opening doors. This is a season of doors being opened. Is a time of many, many doors and diverse doors, diverse kinds of doors for diverse kinds of souls and diverse kinds of men for them to pass through for even an everlasting way is being opened in the spirit for many, all kinds of souls to pass through, all kinds of men to pass through. And so shall it come to pass that many, 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 many men and diverse kinds of men will pass through that way. For this way is a provision of the Spirit. And as many souls are open and willing to press into and find their way and find their path, even such souls shall find access and gain entrance in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We submit to your path, Lord. We submit to your ways, for your ways are unique upon the earth. Your ways, Lord, are not like the ways of men. They are, they are unique ways and they are pathway of the Spirit. And so we thank you for the blessing of the heritage of the Spirit by which our hearts are able to be baptized into your ways and even into your path. Thank you for the blessing of ways, the giving of ways, the giving of life, the giving of Spirit to many hearts, to many souls, to many people, to all and sundry. Father, thank you for blessing your people. We give you all the glory. We worship your name. Amen. This is our testimony. This is our song. This is our rejoicing, Lord, that our soul uh, refines your blessing. Thank you, our Father. 
We give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Hebrews. Thank you, Father. I'm so happy. I don't really feel like preaching. I feel like just sitting there and looking at all of you. <laughs> and we can just smile to each other for, for a while and then go home. Praise God. Um, but let's, let's just um, praise God. Look, um, in my heart, um, the, what has just been coming to me has been impressions, um, similar impressions to what I had in 2013 when the, the, before the impressions broke into um, specific instructions that culminated in life meetings starting that year. Praise God. And um, the, the, the best way to describe the, the impressions that the Lord um, put, in, put upon me for a while was the, the desire for, in his heart for, to bring his people into a new kind of life, a new expression of life in a way that it becomes inwardly tangible and, and very, very different differentiable, I don't know if that's the word, where you can differentiate that life from other lives that men live upon the earth, praise God. And I carry the impression of that thing, and, and out of that impression, that's where his instructions began to break forth for, praise God, what we're doing, what we're doing right now, amen. And so, so recently, I mean, just praying towards um, this meeting, praying towards resuming meeting, uh, that same impression um, came to me, which began to more crystallize the purpose of why, you know, we are doing this and why we, we, are, we keep pressing into the Lord. And it's to, to make that life find expression in people. Praise God, to make that life, that, that life, I see that life as a gift, a precious thing, a precious gift which God is committing to a generation of people. Praise God. And and the Lord is, is zealous towards um, everyone inheriting, taking their own portion of inheritance, making people young, old, white, black, Latino, any tribe and any nation, any background, come, they have their own portion. Praise God. I, I love that, that word that just came, that tongue and then interpretation. I was speaking about diverse kind of doors. Praise God. Being open to diverse kind of people and and that's this kind of season. It's a season of, of abundance of generosity of heart that God has towards, God, towards people, towards men upon the earth. And, and the way I see it is that as God's heart becomes more generous, the spirit becomes more active to give God what he desires. The, the spirit becomes more, more creative with methods, with ways, ways of outreach, praise God, ways of, of of reaching out to souls and hearts, praise the Lord. And, and, and also it will culminate in different kinds of doors being opened for inheritance. Praise the Lord. So maybe today in the, in the few minutes we have, let's just look a little bit at um, um, the idea of inheritance, right? How, 
how to how to come how to come into the the thing the life right which God has given us amen the Bible says in the book of Romans that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is what is eternal life Jesus himself said I came that they may have life said the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy but I have come that they may have life and that they may have. See, they may have. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That they may have. That they may have. That they may have. That's, that's God's statement of intention towards you. That you may have. That you may have. That you may have. That you may have life. And that you may have it, what? More more abundantly. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just read uh, some scriptures. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. <coughs> Hebrews 10. If you're there, say amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, let's just read. Um, we want to go into Hebrews 11, but let's see from, from chapter 10. I will just read from chapter 10 and verse, verse 35. Let's see, 35. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Amen. What a statement. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence that has a great recompense. means that if you don't cast away your confidence, then if you stay with your confidence, that that confidence will recompense to you a great word, a great reward. So do not cast it away. Means do not put it aside. Do not let it go. Praise God. For, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Amen. Not a little while, and he that shall come will come. So, it's saying that not he that will come will come, is he that shall come. means that his coming is a certainty, that he shall come. But, and they're telling not a little while, or just yet a little while, means in a short time, that he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Now, now, that word now is talking about in the time of the expectation of his coming. That's that word now. Amen. <laughs> that that time, the just shall live by faith. Now, so, the season of his coming, or of the preparation of his coming, is, is actually a season that is um, signified, or the way you actually know that season, is you begin to see that men begin to live by faith. That as men are living by faith, that one of the signs of him coming is men beginning to live by faith. Praise God. Now, 
we know the meaning of, we've dealt with living by faith a lot, right? This living by faith, we know that it's not men using faith, right? It's not men using faith. It's talking about men living by faith. And it's not every faith that's designed as a life instrument or as a living instrument. There are some faith that if you try to use them to live, it will not agree. Tell you, look, we don't live, I'm not meant to be lived by. Praise God. Amen. Is that I'm just here to serve you. When there's a kind of faith that if men try to live by it, they move into an error. Men means that if something that's meant to be an instrument to provide maybe natural things to you, you try to turn that thing into a way of living, you find yourself outside the order that God has designed for people. Praise God. Like the, the faith of John, Mark 11, right, where you believe, what you desire, you ask for it, praise God. And if you believe in your heart and not doubt, then you have whatsoever you say. Amen. Now, you can't live by that kind of faith. You, no man can live by a faith that can give him whatsoever he says. He will self-destruct. Praise God. Because the, the faith will become, will be used as a machinery to churn out all the all the, what, the infirmity, the death, the sicknesses, all the, all the evil things in men. Praise God. Those things, Jesus called them the evil treasure of a man's heart. That that evil treasure, praise God, that's what the man has to give most of the time. Praise the Lord. So um, that's why God does not design for men to live by a faith that gives you everything. Rather, the, the kind of faith that that men should live by is a particular faith, is a faith that whose is a faith that comes along with it. It comes with the right appetite. And it comes with the right definition of what you should have. It's not up to you to say, I want this faith now. Faith of or let's say the faith of the son. This is what we want now. Go get it for me. You can't tell the faith of the son to get, go get you something. Rather, that faith instructs you on what you ought to have. And what f- that faith wants to give you is life. It's, tell, it's, it's the faith that makes you to live. Praise the Lord. And that faith is a faith that men are ordained by. I think we are going back to first simple principles today. Amen. And I love going back to simple principles because that's my level of praise God. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I know some people don't like that kind of statement. What do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor Jeff? You mean they are, you're not going to share refs today? What are you talking about? <laughs> praise God. Amen. These days, I'm beginning to find so much meaning in little, little things. The most little things. I just find so much riches and so much blessing by that. And I told that you can't appreciate big things if you have not learned to value little things. There's something, for example, about faith. See that, that word called faith? There is a spiritual revelation about the meaning of faith, the I mean, the, the kind of a creature that faith is. 
that if you don't understand that thing called faith, you can never understand God. You never understand Christ. That after a while, when you journey, you find that things begin not, they don't make sense anymore. Afresh because the, the, the property with which they are made of, you've not really grasped some of those things. Praise the Lord. And um, if I can, when I think about the labor, the burden in my heart for this season, for this time, for maybe if there's a part that I should play in what the Lord is doing in this season is to, to cooperate as much as I can with the Lord, under the Lord, to remove and break every obstacle and the part of souls to receiving what God wants to give to them. Praise the Lord. Like, when I, I mean in terms of coming into the inheritance, you know, they, as words are coming, we've heard so much words. Amen. By now we should all be drunk with words. <laughs> and, you know, words so full of words and healthy words. Powerful words, gracious words, glorious words. Glorious things have been spoken. We've heard glorious things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what is, is now the, the task ahead, I see, is the task of now holding them, inheriting them, coming into them, and then having, because every dispensation of speaking has an inheritance behind it. And sometimes the task is being able to break and do the warfare that it will take to access the inheritance of the, of the nature and the kind of life that is behind the season and the dispensation of speaking. Praise the Lord. So there are a lot of things along the way that need to be removed. Amen. So it says, verse 30, 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, he, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now, if any man draws back from, from having this life, which faith instructs, do you see that? Or the, the life which faith is bringing. Now, if any man draw back, then this apostle is saying, now my soul shall have no pleasure in it. Someone can say, okay, if your soul doesn't have pleasure in me, I don't even know you. You just wrote something that I'm reading. So why should I be bothered? Well, you should be bothered because he is not speaking personally. Right? When, 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 a man, when Paul says that his soul had no pleasure, it means that the, ple- it means the pleasure of his soul is some, of some value. If not, he wouldn't put it here. It means that, that it is a thing. <laughs> for, so that what his soul his soul is, has become some kind of measuring rod by virtue of, of development that you can take a paw and measure va- value of things by what things can give him pleasure. Do you understand that? That Paul had become an instrument and an apostle and those, all these apostles are like that. For you to be an apostle the best way I see an apostle is, is an, an apostle is an instrument that has become one with the hands of God. A, an instrument that God can use for his purposes that, is, that God has beaten and broken and, and battered and twisted 
and then made flexible for his own purpose, praise God, in order for, to push out his blessing towards men. Do you understand that? So, so it's not possible for Paul and Apostle, for Saul's soul, or Paul, for his soul to be just ordinary and then to carry this kind of word and this kind of gospel. Praise the Lord. So his soul here have, has become, um, his soul here has married the, the message which he's preaching or which he's ministering. So when, and when his soul marries the message, you can, you can replace him and the message. Do you, do you get that? You can, you can replace him and what? And the message, his heart, his soul, the way his soul vibes. You know, Paul has an attitude about giving, when he was giving instruction about things, he would say, look, this is not, I'm just telling you these things, oh. right? but I believe that I have the spirit of God. That I'm not telling you expressly, he's trying to be humble, you know what I mean, but, <laughs> but, but he has a great confidence in what he's saying. That's why he will write those things down and give them to. He was prescribing ways of life, manner of life, to a whole church of people. So, you know, you know Paul was giving manner of life to a church of Jesus' church that he died for. And he can tell them, this is my thing. And I believe that I have the Spirit of God in me. Do you understand that? Praise the Lord. Now, some people like to find fault in this man. They, want to, they try to undress all these apostles, try and make us see like, make us feel like they are just normal men like us, like they had their own issues. You know why? Because when they do that, then they can now have right to discuss some things <laughs> that they said. So praise God. So don't don't be like that, eh? Praise God. Um. So this soul here, still this soul here, as the soul of the message, the soul of the doctrine it means that. The doctrine will not approve you. You will not have, you, it, you will not, you, if you do not, if you draw back from faith life, if you draw back from what? Faith life. You will not gain the approval of the gospel. Can we say that? If you draw back from faith life, you will not gain the approval of the gospel. Because this gospel, Paul called it my own gospel. It's the same thing. That's what he was playing with, that, that same idea of him being married. That the dispensation which I received from God towards you, that is his own message. Praise God, which he had become. Amen. Now, verse 39 says, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that do what? Believe unto what? The saving of the soul. Amen. We are not of them that do draw back to where? Perdition. But we are of them that believe unto the saving to the soul. Can you just look at someone and tell them, believe unto the saving of your soul. Say it again. Believe unto the saving of your soul. Now say, don't stop believing. Continue to believe. Believe until your soul saved. Amen. So now, verse chapter 11 now begins to talk about faith in that now. 
right, begins to describe faith in, in that now, faith in that season of the anticipation of the appearance of him who shall come. Praise the Lord. Now, in that season, the, the nature of that faith is faith substantiates what is hoped for. And it becomes the evidence of the things that are not seen. Of course, the things that are not seen, now, it, you can speak about this in terms of, um, in general terms, like, okay, faith, praise God, makes you believe that God exists somewhere who is unseen. That through faith you can believe. It's true. Through faith, you can believe in the unseen realm where there are angels, where there are demons, where there are all those things. It's true as a general statement. But we have to apply this now in the sense of the, the letter because the letter was a continuous letter that it was later the added chapter. So he's speaking in the same kind of sense, praise God, as what he was saying before. So when he's talking about things not seen, I, I want to... I want to suggest that those things are not seen have to do with the things of him who should appear. Means that the thing what you are looking to see, do you get that? Amen. Now, he say that a little while, going back to chapter 10, a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Amen. Now, because he will come, and he won't tarry, then you should just should live by faith. Praise God. Why should you just live by faith? It's really because it is through faith that you, you connect what should be. Right? That which is not yet seen yet, or that which is hoped for, or with the evidence of the things. Faith gives you the evidence of the things that are not seen. And it becomes a substance of things that are hoped for. Praise God. Are we blessed today? Are we blessed today? Praise the Lord. Are we blessed today? Okay. It says, for by the elders obtain a good report. And through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do what? Appear. Then he continued, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. For God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet he speaketh. Amen. He goes on to speak of Enoch. Do you see that? In verse 5. Praise God. Then he goes on to speak of who Noah? In verse 7. Amen. Do you see that? Now, then goes on to Abraham in verse 8. For by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Then by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and what and maker is God. Praise the Lord. Now through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed 
and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Now, are you noticing that this faith is dealing with promise? Yeah, are you seeing that? Faith is what faith is dealing. Faith is the, is, the, is the currency with which you operate in the realm of promises, in the realm of spiritual promises. Is there something promised to you? Is there something that has been promised to you by the Lord? And you've seen it by revelation, through scriptural revelation, amen, or some kind of enlightenment, and you've come to know, okay, God desires that for me, amen. Faith is the currency by which you transact, by which you deal in that thing till it becomes what? A, a reality. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, it says here that, um, therefore, let's, let's see, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And therefore sprang there even one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which by the sea shore innumerable. Praise God. Now, I want to get to the place we'll just stay and discuss for the time from verse 13. It says that these all died in faith. Praise God. It means that they all died physically, right? In faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, that they might have an, had an opportunity to have returned. Okay, praise God. Now, I want us to deal with this. Um, amen. Now, there is, a, there is an idea, almost a misconception, about the, the real dealing that these patriarchs had with God. Amen. Now, the dealing that this patriarch had with God there is a way, when you read the Old Testament, there is a way it is written in the Old Testament, the record of those dealings. Um, they say the first five books were written by, by Moses, they said. Amen. Now, when Moses was writing that book, Moses, um, of course, by the Spirit was writing. The Holy Ghost moved him to write. Um, but the way the Moses, the way those books are presented, they are not presented with the, with, with outright access being given to every kind of man. They were actually written, those books were really written for the Jews in terms of what they were, the way they were written and in terms of what you can access from them by just reading them. They were designed that, okay, if a Jewish man wants to know about his father, Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, and co., and even the older patriarchs from even Abel, Adam, and co., so what element does need to be represented 
for the Jewish kind of man to see and what can he relate with. So because of that, you see that the, 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 the content, the main essence of that covenant that God had with this man, praise God, um, there's a way it can easily be interpreted in terms of the land, the promised land, the physical promised land in the Middle East. Praise God. Um, there's a way to, to interpret it that way, to, to think that, okay, God promised the land to you, amen, and God promised that he will give you children to, to inhabit that land. Amen. And then there's a way to look beyond that, which to a great degree we have in terms of, and saying, okay, when God was speaking to Abraham, God mentioned some key things to Abraham. Amen. He mentioned about his seed, right? He mentioned about his seed, how they would multiply, they would be as the stars of heaven and, and the, what, the sand on the what? in the seashore, how his seed will possess the gates of his enemy and all that. Praise God. And then through some of Paul's light, Paul began to shed light in the book of, in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians, about that seed was, seed was Christ. Do you see that? It was Paul who broke open that insight, that look, that seed that they were talking about, <laughs> amen, that, and imagine what a revelation. How, how did he get that? So it means that Jesus must have told Paul that you see that time, that, that conversation that my father had with Abraham. You see that seed there? He was actually talking about me. Now, do you see that, that correlation? Is a, is a bridging revelation, right? Is a, if you didn't bridge that thing, there's a way the scripture would divide. And you will lose a, a link, a vital meaning. Praise the Lord. So God, God used him to, to draw that link. And, and thank God for that link that he drew, but there's still a veil, at least from my side, that was for a long time was on that, even when that link had been brought together. There's still a veil in terms of looking at the dealings and the mentioning and the using of type, typification, to speak about Christ as a futuristic conversation to Abraham in that time. So that makes you think that Abraham had no real consciousness about spiritual inheritance. That he was just supposed to use his body and to release the seed that will, after certain generations, now there will be a David, after a while there will now be a Joseph and co. Then, then later, the seed, the physical seed will come. Then they will now begin the, the spiritual realization of that promise. Amen. It seems as if they did not have, they did not have that to them what they saw was just the natural land and they having natural children which happened, they inherited the promised land and his children his seed multiplied physically praise God but there's something here that's trying to suggest to us that no there was something else these men were walking with they had a higher concept of God and it, show, and it shows, praise the Lord, <laughs> amen, it shows that in their dealings with God, men like Abraham 
Isaac, Jacob, were able to see beyond the physical. Because those men were prophets. Who is a prophet? A prophet is any man who can walk with God. Praise the Lord. Do you get that? Any, any person who can do what? Now, God does not need a man to walk with him for him to make his offspring many physically and make those offspring inherit a physical land somewhere. God doesn't need a man to walk with him to get that done. So it means that there was actually something about their walk with God that in an essential ingredient of their walk that gave a promise of something beyond the earth, beyond the physical. When I begin to see these things, I begin to see, ah, I begin to see how low the life of a Christian who lives for just the natural is. That if Abraham and on those men who spirits were dead could receive the concept of a spiritual inheritance and live for it, the way they did. How much more you and I, praise God, who are born again, who have the Holy Ghost in you 24-7. He doesn't take break. He's inside you every time. Every time you are sleeping, waking up, he's inside you. And, then, and you, you are filled with him. And you speak in tongues. And you read the scripture with the eyes of the New Testament. Praise God. So, the um, devil is, has done a lot he has done a lot to against God's people. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, let's see what they're saying here. Um, the short time we have. Now, let's see about this man, because he, he mentioned them, right? He, he, he first mentioned those before Abraham. Then he mentioned... He mentioned Abraham. Of course, there's a reason why he skipped from Noah to Abraham. There were men before between them. But I don't think there were probably no men who had a, a report of fate between Noah and Abraham. It was after Noah, then men who have, who count. Amen. Men who, who, have, who have significance, whose life are worthy of being written about. There are many men who are not worthy of being mentioned. Praise God. But men whose life were worthy of a place in the, in the record of faith exploits. It, came, it started with Abraham again. Amen. And then Abraham, then Abraham Isaac. And then who? And then Jacob. Praise God. Now, verse 13 now began to see that they all died in faith. That is a statement. Now, what they are telling you here is, is that it's not that at the point when they died, they were still, they still trusted God. They hadn't been, it's, it's more than that. What they are telling you here is that what it means they died in faith. They died in faith. Is telling you that at the point when they died, the faith was still active. It was still trying to substantiate something that was hoped for and trying to bring an evidence of something that was not yet seen. 
Amen. Amen. So these men died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed. So, being persuaded of the promise. God was persuading Abraham of something. You see, all that, that kind of dealings he had with Abraham, not having a child, working with him, all the issues that he went through, even with the one with, that he had with Lot, the one he had with Abimelech, all of those things. It was a conversation that God was trying, he was trying to persuade a man of something. He was creating evidences, occurrences, amen, to bring about what? A persuasion. Do you see that? See, and then, they, but this man, when they were eventually persuaded by God, embraced them. The promise, right? And then confessed that they were strangers. So, the Amen. I love it. There's a process here. They are showing us a process here. They are showing us the process of sight. That leads to persuasion. This is the process of an inward operation that should occur in every soul concerning anything that the spiritual soul wants to inherit. And no soul can skip this process. Amen. These are, these are the record of of the way and the pattern of men who hope for spiritual things and how they ought to, what the, the path they ought to follow to get to those things. He said that, first of all, he saw them, so the first sight. Let me tell you something. The first sight any man will have of spiritual promise will be afar off. Amen. The, nobody sees near, nearly. You know that your moment of, oh, what a revelation. I've never seen this before. Oh, my God. See, that, that, that excitement concerning the spiritual promise is still, a, is still afar. Is that, how you know it's afar is when the soul comes back to soberness. And then go and ask the person, what do you think about that thing? <laughs> it's, praise God, the feeling of, of, oh, wow, I've, had, I've, I've gotten it. It's a, it's a creation, it's a, it's a skill of the Holy Ghost. That something that's afar of, it can, it can bring the soul, make the soul have a nearness to it, which is a necessary feeling for every time they bring enlightenment and revelation. Amen. That there's a way they can bring a revelation of heaven, of these things that you can feel in the moment when the Holy Ghost is actively animating the the essence of those things to your soul to make you feel them. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you know if they are close or not, it's, after the revelation has ended, then you went home and then you slept. And then you woke up the next day. And that operation of animation and all that is no longer happening. And then they ask you, okay, what of that rev that of the other time? Ah! What? 
you won't even remember the feeling. All you remember is that you had a feeling about something, but you won't remember the feeling. That's why the reason why many of times we have bought things. And that's one of my greatest prayers. I've been praying for everybody about this season of speaking is that there will be no abortion that you can carry. You can carry the pregnancy of these words to term. But it's not easy because they are, if you know how far those things, I mean, how far from where our soul has formed its position, where it has taken that couch in a place. Praise the Lord. But thank God for the operation of sight. The giving of sight, the, the, the ability of the Holy Ghost to bring an animation and a representation, praise God, in the form of a revelation to the heart about this thing. So the first step is you see it afar off. Then when you see it afar off, there is a continuing operation of the Holy Ghost to bring about a persuasion of it. Now, the persuading aspect is beyond revelation. Are you seeing that the thing you've heard and you've, you've seen afar off, there's a time when you need to become persuaded of it. When a soul receives a revelation, they are not yet persuaded. Do you know why they are not persuaded? It's because the moment you are receiving the revelation, there's a way the Holy Ghost does it. He makes you in that moment not consider many things. Man, if if you are able to make you sober, and then in the how you are considering everything about your life, <laughs> you now try to bring this sight. Very easily you oh, wait, wait, let's just leave that thing there. It's not it's not fitting into in this place. Amen. So and that's why a lot of times in the Amen. That's why a lot of times the Holy Ghost has to create a kind of rapturous moment when he's bringing about the truth and the way he represents it to the heart. And in that moment, he can shut down your consideration of other things. And, you know, sometimes you even forget who you are in the moment of revelation. It, it raptures you in that way. Praise God. But the, there's, another, there's another ghost head process. It is also ghostly. It's even more ghostly than the revelation process, but it doesn't feel revelatory. But there's also a high intensity and participation of the Holy Ghost in that process. It's called the process of persuasion. It's in the process of persuasion is the process where Holy Ghost now says, okay, we have brought this side. Now, we're now going to, no, it's okay, let's allow that spirit, that season of, that rapturous feeling to wane. No problem, let it wane. The Holy Ghost is still there with that revelation. And is now allowing, let the revelation be exposed to the reality of your life. The harsh reality of your physical life and your circumstances. Do you understand that? Like Abraham. You know, Abraham, when God first told him, I will do this, I will do covenant and all that, he didn't argue too much. It was years after, and I said, okay, what do you... Huh? See, like... 
it's possible that maybe God hasn't spoken for too long. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And a lot of times with the, the revelation, when the revelation comes, there will be a season of persuasion where the Holy Ghost is still involved. He will allow you to begin to let that truth contend with the realities of your life, with the circumstances of your life. Let them play out. Let them negate each other. And then in that negation, that's how you, that's how you take a leap you take a gracious leap. What's a gracious leap? The gracious leap is being able to compare spiritual with spiritual. You know, comparing is not revelation. When you are comparing, revelation has ended. Praise the Lord. Do you agree? You know how we say, we speak about the Berean Christians, or they went home to check if those things are so. You know, we just could that thing. <laughs> you don't know what power was at, at work. There was a great power at work. And then you ask me, how were they checking if they were so? What was their reference point of checking if, the, if those things were so? I don't think they were just checking the text. I believe it must have been a spiritual exercise. Trying the spirit of the word and allowing it to make war with the harsh realities of their, own, their present existence. Amen. Amen. May you give, receive grace to esteem the word so. Praise the Lord. That's the process of persuasion. Right? And it's, a, it's an Holy Ghost process. It's actually a controlled process of the Holy Ghost. Right? He, he gives you the opportunity to, to, to use the truth to battle. Right? What are you, what, what are you battling? What are, when you're using the truth to make a war, what are you fighting against? You're fighting against an, a framing an installation, an image that is so real. You know, there's nothing more real than you. And that you that you're trying, that the truth is coming against is a you that has been there for a long time. That you has been eating, has been walking, has been living, has been managing, has been surviving in the world. It has its own framework of truth and its own framework of, of understanding and logic. Praise the Lord. And then when you bring a spiritual reality into it, they don't match. You get what I'm saying? So there is a grace that comes, amen, that Paul calls it you're comparing the spiritual with the spiritual. You don't validate the spiritual with the natural. You have to be able to compare the spiritual with what? With the spiritual. Amen. So this kind of, of persuasion happened with Abraham. And then when persuasion has been fulfilled, embrace happens. Amen. Then embracing 
is a, is a beautiful place. It means that you've won the battle for that truth, for that revelation in your heart, then you embrace it. Amen. So, for every revelation you hear, every truth that you hear, don't leave it. Stay with it. Make war with it. Fight with it until there becomes an embrace of that truth in your heart. Amen. That is a great milestone on the road to inheritance. The, the, the point where the soul embraces the truth that has been revealed to it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so when embrace happens, then confession begins. What, is, what confession is the, is the confession of, it's a different confession. Right? You begin to confess something that is contrary to your previous reality, right? Because you've embraced something else. Praise the Lord. Now, so you see the confession of Abraham was a strange confession for men at that time. Do you understand this? Now, these men, they hadn't been taught the doctrine of hellfire and heaven. That someone came to die for you to make you escape this world and has created, you know, John chapter 14 hasn't been written yet. My father has a many mansions there, but not, not I've told you. I go there to prepare a place for you. That... <laughs> And I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, that there you may be also. You see, that, that's a beautiful thing. Yes, I mean, if that scripture had been written and that has happened in this time, you say, okay, no, no problem. We're hoping to go to heaven. Now, I want to picture how strange it is at that time for a man to see himself as a pilgrim on the earth. <laughs> it means you've, been, you've encountered something. It means that you've seen something. And not, you've not just seen it afar off, you've actually, it has, you've, it has become your reality. It's something that you have embraced till it became your own profession. Most, many Christians don't see themselves as pilgrims on the earth. Praise God. Because when you, if you see yourself as a pilgrim on the earth, it will tell. In how you live. It will tell in how you prioritize things. How you live. This thing that these men were able to do. It's not a trivial thing. Many Christians. Many men of God. Many giants. Are not able to have a confession. As strangers. See the word strangers. So those are not the same. A stranger. And a pilgrim. They're not necessarily the same words. Amen. You know, someone can feel like they are a stranger, but not accept that they are pilgrims. A pilgrim means that you have, that you, you are, you are, your heart has, is settled with the concept of a more permanent dwelling, destination elsewhere. Amen. But it begins first with, the, with accepting strangeness, that you are not one with the present. So, 
they had a the confession that they were strangers and they were what? Pilgrims on the earth. And he says, for they that say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. They seek a country. They seek a country. Now, this, how did Paul really know these things? Christ must have told him. And Christ knew. Jesus Christ was privy to the conversation of Abraham because he said, before Abraham, I am. You know, he was talking about Abraham freely. He said, what do, you, do you even know which day were you born here? You are talking about Abraham. What do you Praise God. <laughs> I said, look, before Abraham, I am. Before Abraham means that he had all of those men, Christ in him, has the archives. If you, if you flip the Christ's archive, he can tell you about the conversation of Enoch. He can tell you what about Enoch and what made him, what, what make him become not. He can describe the work of Enoch to you. He can describe, Christ can describe to you the conversation of Abel. And he will tell you, this, is, this was Abel's conversation. I know it's not a small conversation. No. You know, we like abusing all these people, but... <laughs> Praise God. You know, we like that scripture, more better, than, better thing than the blood of Abel. If you know that blood of Abel, the conversation, many of us have not even begun to even begin the conversation of Abel. What, what, did, what did it take for a man? If they took one of us today, you know, you know we are masters at giving, we can dance, give offering, everything. We can do, praise God, sacrifice. But if they took you today, they just transport you time machine and put you in that situation, they give you, Abel give you his everything, give you all his animal, give you his altar, give you the wood, give you everything. Say, I can offer this thing, let it go up. You see problems. You know, amen. To make, to make his offering go up, to be pleasant to the Lord. And you know that it's not about the meat, it's heart, because God looks inside. And that was the verdict of those offerings. It means that what kind of heart did he have to give pleasure to God? Many of us don't know those things. Amen. See, blood of Abel. That blood is talking about the life of Abel, praise God. Or it's talking about the conversation, which includes his persuasion. It means that he had been persuaded of something. He had embraced a thought. You know, in his time, there were, there were contrary thoughts as well. Right? At Abel's time, Abel grew into the world of contradiction. Because contradiction has entered into the world already. So, at that time, there was a speaker. The same way sin was speaking on the other side. Amen. To him, he came into choices. Constantly making choices. Praise the Lord. And the Lord found a way and was able to give him sight of something far and persuade him, praise God, and bring him to a confession. Praise God. Are we blessed today? Say, for they that seek such things declare plainly that they seek a country. That word country, the word country, it has to do with the word count. 
count means where do they count you? Your country is where you are counted. Where you are what? That's your country, right? If if Mexico is doing a census and then you you are in you go to Cancun on the beach and you are doing vacation and the census time are they going to count you? No, you you don't count there. It's not your country. Your country is where you count, where you you are numbered among. And count where a soul count is based on the soul nature. Where it, where they count a soul. Is based on what that soul has is has embraced. Is what the soul has embraced that determines what the soul where they count the soul. Amen. So a man can be here on the earth and count in heaven. And a man can be in heaven and count on the earth. Do you, do you know that? Many Christians who have gone to heaven, they don't count there. Do you know that? You have many Christians who have been in heaven now, but in heaven, they, when they are doing the census of heaven, they don't count them. <laughs> they are there, but why? Because they are not heavenly. And when you, when you check their soul, you will not see this conversation. You will not see this persuasion. And you won't see this confession in them. Praise the Lord. So he said that there were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And for they that say such things, they declare plainly that they They seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out. Now, some people might think this country here is promised land. You know, it's very clear it's not. You just need to read this place. You see here. Amen. So, the way you can think of strangers and pilgrims on the earth as if it means, oh, they went through different countries and nations as strangers and pilgrims till they finally got to the promised land. No. They were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And they sought a country. That country was not the promised land in the physical. He says, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, means there's a country they came out from which is different from the one they are seeking. But the one they came out from, they are not mindful of it. Because if they were mindful of it, they might have had an opportunity to have returned to that country. What they are telling you here is that, praise God, this is what I believe they are saying here. What they are saying here is that, if all those men, if their hope was really, really that promised land, flowing with milk and honey, that that's really, really where they really counted, where they really wanted, that, and they were mindful of it, that is the way that God would have done it, that they would just stay in that place and inherit it and never die and just be there until they are tired of it. Do you understand me? We would have lived for, maybe Abraham would have lived for 800, 900, 
I just believe until one day he said, okay, well, I've finished everything in this land. Is there anywhere else? Are you getting me? But they were not mindful of it. They were more mindful of another country. Praise the Lord. There's a way, if Abraham wanted to tie himself, praise God, to the land. Now you see Israel, even till today, they are still fighting wars constantly in that land. That's a sign of God telling you that, you see this land is actually not the real land. Amen. The idea was that I want to get to that land forever and ever. They will stay there in peace and all. But no, war does not stop. She David fought. He won all the enemies. And then he, returned, he rested. After David fought and everything, the enemies came up again. The natural land. Amen. Amen. And that thing will always happen because God will always find a way to tell them that this natural land is not the true what, inheritance. But now they desire a what? A better country. That is unheavenly. Praise God. That is what? Unheavenly. That, then wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he had prepared for them a city. Are you seeing this? This is talking about those, those saints now. For God is not ashamed to be called their God. Now, this statement here is telling you, this is the, the reason why you hear the word. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He didn't add more to it. Amen. That's what, why he said, he's not, I'm not ashamed to be called their God. That he put that as his name. You know, he calls it the way he comes to himself. El Elyon. El Shaddai. Yahweh. He said that, and now I can also answer the God of Abraham, Isaac, uh, not Israel, Jacob. So he's, he's making you know that, I'm not talking about the one that multiplied, I'm talking about that man. That particular man, those three men, that I am not ashamed to be called their God. Praise the Lord. I am not what? I'm not ashamed to be called what? I'm not ashamed to be called their God. Amen. There's no time anymore to, to go into this. But Jesus made um, a reference to this kind of, this thought in I think it was Matthew chapter 22. Um, you know when those, Jesus was teaching and then the, those Jews came and they began to ask him questions. It was in Matthew 22, I think it was Matthew 22. And they asked him different, they asked him first of all, um, even I forget the first one they asked, and they now asked him about a man, a Hebrew man, married the first wife, and divorced, and he died. His brother came, according to the custom, married, and he died. The other one came, seven of them, Married the same woman. Then after 
when they get to heaven, who will be the husband of the woman? And Jesus was now telling them, praise God, that he said they don't know the scripture, nor the power of God. They know not the scripture. What's the meaning of that? Why is it relating knowing of the scripture to asking that question? Praise the Lord. They now said that, look, God is not, that, that not the God of the dead. But he's the God of who? Of the living. Praise God. God is not what? The God of the dead is the what? God of the living. He said that in heaven, they don't, the way angels are, they don't, you know, get married, they don't give birth. Sorry, they don't get married and all that. Praise God. And it's neither, neither male nor female. Amen. Now, um, God being the God of the living. Then Jesus now tied that to God's declaration and giving credence to the lives of Abraham. Isaac, I don't know if you can read the rest now, just like one minute or so. Amen. I want to make sure that I'm saying the correct thing. Matthew chapter 22, right? Matthew 22. Okay, praise God. Verse 29. After they ask him the question, he says, Jesus said that, answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor what? The power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are the angels of God in heaven. But are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But it's not, it's, God is not the God of the dead, but what? But of the living. So what God is just saying here is that this Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that these men are living men. And their life is not, it's not about their, the way he counts them living. It's not according to their physical existence. Are you getting that? that and, it's, and it's now saying also that, you see, when you say you know not the scripture or the power of God, that what the scripture is actually carrying is an, is an understanding about life. Is that you guys, you Jews, you guys misinterpret God's consideration concerning life. Are you seeing that? So what will make God not be ashamed in that Hebrews that he's not ashamed to be called their God? The reason why he's not ashamed to be called, be called their God is because of their, their attitude towards life. Yeah. Their positioning, what they went through, how they held on to this side and, and wrestled with it till they were persuaded, praise the Lord, until they were convinced and they embraced the thought and they died in that faith, holding on to that faith, praise God. Amen. I think we are out of time. Amen. I believe we are blessed today. Um, the Lord is just trying to encourage us. Amen. Concerning the things that we have, we have heard. And 
to see the eyes of those, the end of those things, praise God, and embrace the right attitude, which we have to have. Let's, let's thank God in one, one minute for his word. Karmakaranoske, Koreana Masasta Habaroske, Umpra Tasiha, Makoria, Subreha, Efrenos, Sapranos, Ecclistiso, Amaranoske, Karia Damasu, Egramahando, Ogreha Masia, Karanoske Sia, Empra Hota, Sempre Hota, Kampra Hota, O Makaria Lamasu, Koria Lamasi, Kalabastuske Revehel. Andriel Tamai, Altaman, Altaman, Atamin, Atamai, Aldea, Masi, Maris, Parasco, Prestocostopi, Edemeharanos, Encremasus, Emparadoske, Emparahano, Okrihedo, Encres, Ekrama. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we thank you this evening. We bless you for a wonderful time in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Father, we ask that you will make this word stay and let the word, Lord, be an instrument for you to convey the right attitude which you want to birth within our heart concerning your promise. Father, we give you all the praise. Father, may every soul under the sound of my voice, Lord, receive the spiritual weight, the spiritual content, Lord, of this blessing, Lord. No one will fall short of it. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.